Canadian Family Health Counseling provides education and counseling services across Canada and beyond. Our holistic approach, called Neural Network Therapy, uses practical tools to boost mood, reduce anxiety, manage anger, break unwanted habits, and develop strong, healthy relationships. Sit back and relax while clinical director and founder Kim Sargent shares her insights and expertise on why emotional health matters. Hello, and welcome back to Emotional Health Matters. My name is Kim Sargent, and I'm the clinical director of Canadian Family Health Counseling and founder of Neural Network Therapy. I'm going to speak today about this experience I had at a place called Dimensions. And it's actually just not far from here. It's a very funny thing. This last year, I've managed to travel to a couple of really great locations. My goal is to see every country in the world before I die. So it's a bit ambitious, but I did the Galapagos Islands for my 50th in November, and I just got back from Antarctica in February. And strangely enough, there was this experience that seemed to be calling my name, and it was only about an hour and a half, an hour, 45 minutes from where I live. So it seemed almost just too close and right underneath my nose. So to explain a bit, I have a real fascination with the brain that came not just from operating a counseling practice, but from all of the exciting things that are happening in neuroscience, learning about neuroplasticity and weaving that into the approach for counseling that we use has created just a greater and greater fascination by the minute we work with Trent University students and create these projects to look at exactly why the neural network therapy lessons that we've created are working and why, what's happening in the brain, what's going on in the body. I learned so much more about all of that from my car accident. And that was in 2015. And just to lay the land here, I've not gone more than three days. We think that there's a possibility that there were a couple of stretches that went to four, but for the most part, I would not go more than three days without headaches since 2015. So I don't really even remember what it feels like to live a life that's pain-free. At some level, I've always had some degree of pain going on on the daily. And so it's just at the beginning, it was really difficult to cope with because, of course, the contrast was so great from living a totally pain-free life to suddenly being in pain and learning all about the journey of chronic pain. What I didn't really address, though, in all of this was the trauma that was connected, not really so much to the accident itself, although I did manage to shut down the TVP in Toronto. It was fairly fancy. But I wasn't bleeding. I wasn't smashed up. I did a quick accounting and said, geez, I'm going to be late to this place I need to be helping to coordinate a wedding down at the King Eddie and I got to go. And I rushed through the whole thing and chose not to get checked out by a doctor that day. Thankfully, I did a couple of days later. So I thought, well, it wasn't really that traumatic. I mean, I was stopped. The car drove into me, pushed me into the car in front of me, but we're all okay. And we walked away from the whole thing. I didn't think in terms of what my body had stored not just from that experience, which was a little more than I thought it was, but also just the things that happened afterwards. So realizing I couldn't practice frontline anymore, which was not only, of course, my way of earning a living, it was just also my passion. I identified so wholly and completely with my role as a counselor that it was difficult to look at stepping back from that in any capacity. I didn't want to. I wasn't in a place where I was saying, I'm done with this career. I'm ready for something new. So there was a trauma to that. There was a tailspin that happened. There was this ongoing effect of trying to keep it all together. My children were still younger and going through high school. There were lots of things that happened, falling into addiction, pulling myself up and out of that, and realizing that there was a lot going on. And all of the while, although I've done, I think, 
really virtually every type of body therapy you could possibly do. Everything. I did everything. So I, I think probably it's close to $80,000 I've spent in the last number of years trying to get better. But there was some level of acceptance that I came to at a certain point where I just said, this is just what it is. I need to make friends with this pain and I need to connect with other people that live in chronic pain and create my community and understand a bit more about how to welcome this and live with this in my life. And I did. So I saw this opportunity to go to this place called Dimensions, which is a psychedelically assisted therapy experience. And really what they're doing there is quite remarkable. There's a psychotherapist, Donald Curry, who is putting together this incredible formula. There's a great team. You're treated in this most luxurious way. You've got your own really sweet little cabin that's all done up. They ask you in advance what you'd like the temperature in the room to be and the floor tiles in terms of the heat. And you've got this incredible chef that prepares whatever type of food that you'd want to eat. And they've structured it in such a way, though, that every little piece moves its way towards letting the body know that we're going to get somewhere. (laughs) We're going to go somewhere deep. So I had a lot of misconception and I guess some squirrely ideas about what was happening in psychedelically assisted therapies. And I think that largely is because there are clinics popping up here, there and everywhere that are certainly not as well put together as this. So there's a board of directors. Gabar Mate is one of the advisors on the board of directors. That was definitely something that spoke to me. In addition to this, there's a whole program that's put in place that really, there's lots of science behind all of it. So this is where my ears perk and I get really engaged in what's next, what's happening, what are we doing exactly? And because psilocybin is not something that's available at this time in a legal capacity, that is not what they use. They are towing the line. They actually are affiliated also with Queen's University. Any of the validation that they're looking for in the programming, I think, is connected specifically through one of the professors there. And I think the owners, perhaps, I should probably not speak directly to all of those things. I just only have bits and pieces because, frankly, it didn't really matter to me, except to say that there was an affiliation with Queens, with Gabor Mate, there was a board of directors, that things were done in an incredibly professional way. Part of the issue I have, I think, in looking at these things, aside from being terrified to actually ingest anything and have any form of an experience, I've worked really hard to get to a place of clarity. I wasn't interested in getting out of that clarity. I was looking at this to say, I need to do something here. I'm still dealing with the constant residual effects of this accident, and I'd like to see what this has to offer. So all that they use is marijuana, which is wild, cannabis. What's funny about that is that it's not that I haven't tried marijuana in the past. I just had only ever had, I would say, probably either okay experiences or not very good experiences. Now, mostly it's that the only time having any form of cannabis would seem like an exciting idea to me. I would have had drinks prior to, and I understand actually now that the two don't mix terribly well. But when treated like a plant medicine, the experience was not like anything I had ever experienced in my lifetime. So what Donald explains, which I think was really interesting, he said, okay, so all the therapies that you're doing before and after are all about loosening the jar. And so I had this great imagining and asked the question, what if your jar is one of those gag gifts with the big snakes that come out because I just had this sense that I was wound so tightly. It was a completely ridiculous time to be leaving the practice. Spring is one of our busiest times. We're finishing up with all of our emotional health practitioners that are in their program and their placements. We typically have a couple of master's students or university students anyway doing a placement or practicum of some sort, college students 
um, there's just so many things going on. We're in the midst of what we call our Parker series, which is an homage to my mom who has Alzheimer's and she was a forerunner in mental health. And so we've got these children's storybooks that are teaching all about mental health. They're so exciting. We've created a three-month planner for healthy habits, looking to try to reach people that just can't afford to get into a counseling experience. So all of these great and exciting things happening. But for that very reason, my nervous system was reminding me that we were dabbling dangerously close to the edge again, that we were starting into some of that feeling I would get where suddenly, if you imagine you go out to step out into the street and a bus swooshes by you and you, oh, I almost died. <laughs> that is the feeling that would be triggered in my body, but would stay in my body and it would go on. It would be this ripple, ripple. Like you imagine hitting a big gong. It would take hours and hours and hours for this to feeling to let go. And once triggered, it was very much a matter of having to unplug from everything begin a whole process of trying to settle down my nervous system and remind it, it's okay, we're okay. We just got doing too many things at once. So this time, rather than waiting for any form of disaster to appear, I decided I was just going to go ahead and pull the plug and go and try this therapy. One of the leaders at the end of Plant Elder said, you're the poster child for the program because I was so anxious about this one three-hour ceremony that we were having with three fully trained <laughs> psychotherapists who have all of this history and training specific to psychedelically assisted therapy. Here I was asking every question in the book and I'd continue to go, that would be enough. And I know that when I'm anxious, I'm information seeking. Give me more information. Give me more information. And I realize when I'm asking a lot of questions that it's also an indicator, you've got some anxiety. So not surprisingly, I was on edge, asking all the questions and doing everything that I could to also just sit back and relax and let these people be the professionals and know that I didn't need to do their job, nor was I qualified to do their job. This was not my area of expertise. I think anybody that's in the helping profession, it can be a bit problematic to try to get in behind the scenes, to try to figure out what's going on in there without moving immediately into that processing. And so I have strong neural networks in the brain to cope and to manage things. What I struggle with is being able to then not be in that intellectual space and to instead sit with, okay, this doesn't feel very good. That's okay. We don't need to fix it. It's just not going to feel very good for a minute. And that's been a really big practice for me. So here I was in this experience. It was important to me to not set specific intentions and without getting into great and strange detail about what happened in the three-hour ceremony, it was the most incredible experience of my life. And so I booked to go back in the fall. I absolutely think that there is something here, certainly not for everyone. I think you need to have an interest that sort of speaks to you. Something's there. You get curious about it and want to follow that through. But it would be ridiculous for me not to speak to this out loud because I do think that there are lots of places in which we can work towards this state of wholeness. And I think that while talk therapy does some of that work, it's got its limitations. What happened the day before and after the ceremony were the critical parts of what was going on. So I have no idea. I think it was something like 16 treatments slash classes that I went through that were all directed entirely to the body. So this entire somatic experience was happening going, let's get the body. <laughs> let's give it the message that it's safe and that all is well and that we can settle this thing down. Let's work on your breathing. Let's work on the different pieces. So I did Thai massage and regular massage and then some other more alternative things like craniosacral sacral and Reiki and did sound healing. There was yoga and Qigong. There were numbers of things. There was a biosound table that was incredibly interesting in addition to these meals and this community that were all set towards creating this container of safety as they explain it. 
What happened after, I did not expect, and this is why I've been a bit hesitant to sit down to do this podcast because I don't want it to go away. And that's that for the first time since 2015, I have now been 13 consecutive days without a headache. I, I just even just even saying it is an emotional experience for me because it's been such a long journey. I just didn't even know enough to dream about something like that anymore. And while I'm withholding or suspending this idea that they're not going to come back, I fully expect that the holding patterns that I practiced over and over again to cope are going to find their way. This is not a miracle that's happened here, although it feels incredibly miraculous to me. What's happened though, for sure, is that there's been this incredible introduction into a place that I can get to, a place that's entirely accessible. And I'm not talking about through cannabis. I'm talking about that my body, that my brain has found this place that says you can live without pain. You can live in a place that the body is so relaxed that it's willing to just sit back and let the world unfold as it should. So with that, I'm sure at some point I'll do an update. Some really interesting little side pieces. I have not watched TV since I got home. I'm sure that probably is great for my brain as well. But yeah, I feel like I'm just disconnected from anything that feels like it's sort of a, a placator or a, maybe a stuffer or a distraction. I feel very present in each day. So brushing my teeth, I feel more alive and more connected and just very much about brushing my teeth in that moment or taking a walk. I don't seem to have this constant need to have sound going on. I'll plug in different interesting songs that achieve a particular mood sometimes and certainly ones that take me back to the experience I've just come from to help relight that up in my system, which is just delicious. I just find myself walking and enjoying the sunshine. I've dropped seven pounds since I left there. I had zero intentions. There was nothing in my mind that said this is in any way connected to what's gone on. But I feel so incredibly satisfied with less of virtually everything. So those are just some strange benefits. I can't even quite make sense out of them except to say that I'm feeling good. I'm feeling hopeful. I think more than anything, knowing that my body has achieved this place tells me that I can pick it up again and again. And so I'm working on at this moment, constructing a life that includes more of those therapies, more of that space, more of the disconnection from those distractions, more of the simplicity and the beautiful things that happened when I just took care of myself. And I should just add, this was all of five days. (laughs) In any case, I'll be back with something else when I have a little bit of an update. I think that things are still just resettling. I find myself joyfully journaling and writing out some of the other benefits that have happened. So in time, I'll see about bringing that back to this podcast. And with that, until next time. If you like what you've heard on today's podcast and want to learn more about our counseling and education services, visit our website at canadianfamilyhealth.ca because health and happiness begin with you.